Welcome to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz. This show is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. I would like to thank Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. And Iowa, they've got your bass covered. My first guest this week will be Dan Johnson. We're going to talk about fishing. Is it getting better? Or is it because of the knowledge and the equipment that's available that make it seems like it's getting better? Good conversation with Dan. Then I'll talk to Jay Yellis. He is executive director of Cast for Kids. And then, oh my God, Patrick Walters, 105 pounds of smallmouth bass in four days on the St. Lawrence River. Wait till you hear about his event here. It was phenomenal. But first, this segment of the We Fish ASA podcast is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. I would like to welcome back Dan Johnston. How you doing, Dan? I'm good, Dave. How are you? I am doing great. Boy, we're coming into fall, and I know both of you and I both love fall because we also love the hunt as much as we love the fish. But um, I sent you a message earlier today to what we were going to talk about, and uh, it, it is a good question. Is fishing getting better, or is the knowledge and the equipment that the fishermen get to use and the techniques they get to learn before they ever got on the water, is that helping make it seem like it's better? It's it's quite a question, isn't it? It is, and I'm not sure either one of us can answer it. Uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a difficult question. I think we could make a couple fact based statements. You know, and, and one would be the technology certainly has improved light years from you know not only when you and I got into bass fishing or crappie fishing or whatever, but even in the last ten years you know, um, or 20 years for sure, you know, mm -hmm. with the advent of side imaging to spot lock to now forward facing. Um, and all of those trends have been aggressively chased by all of us manufacturers, whether it's on the rod side to maximize those advantages to the baits, to the, um, the lines, uh, the quality of the hooks on baits, technology mapping, um, information, the speed information travels now. Um, so I think the angler certainly has gotten, I, 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 let me be careful how I say this. I, I, you know, there's, there's, there's the KVVs and the Rick Cluns of the world that uh, obviously walk on water and I could name 30 more back in that era. Um, but the, the tools to, to which they use have given them advantages that we did not have back then. I would say it that way. So I think when you add all that up, I think anglers are more effective now, arguably, than they've ever been, large in part due to the fact they've got so much more to work with. It, the actual quality of the fishery, I think there are certain areas you could say absolutely, as evidenced by weights that come out in tournaments or a number sheer numbers that are caught, but there's some, there are also impoundments that were a lot better, you know, 25 years ago than they are now. So I, I think that it's a it's a big question, uh, but it's sure fun to watch because it's changing at light speed. Yeah, and I think the uh, the angler has had the opportunity to get better and make things better for him or herself. They may or may not have taken advantage of all of that or paid attention to it as much as they could. And as far as the uh, some impoundments and some places that are better or worse, and I think we see we have seen this happen for decades on 
these places cycle, and some of it's due to floods, some of it's due to drought, some of it's due to uh, how much fishing pressure they're getting. It's really hot to go to this place now, and so people pounded for several years. That's got to make a difference. But but I do think that if given the chance and the conditions get better or improve or they do more stocking, these places do come back. And I think maybe we're at a high point for a lot of places. Yeah, and one thing that I really appreciate personally is the advancements in taking care of fish, uh, the education on, you know, how to release them the right way, don't overexhaust them, be careful of pulling them out of real deep water, you know, be cognizant of water temperature, uh, certainly when we're hauling them around, uh, you know, and I think there's a lot, there's been a lot of uh, really good things done in that area, and I, I, I have to believe that contributes as well at least to a degree and we also have to thank everybody out there legislatively that's been fighting for our mere right to do this um so there's a there's a lot of really good things happen we'll always have our challenges but there's a lot of good things that have happened that have contributed to really really good fishing if you look at the sheer number of people that came in because of the pandemic and yeah. the fishing, you know, the first people, you got every boat ramp and it's just jammed up. And the first thing you think is, man, I'm not even going to find a place to fish, but it's still really good, you know. And so I, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of optimism out there um, to really make all of our experiences better. Yeah. And I think you got to credit not only the fishermen, like you said, for taking care of fish better. And that's just not bass. They have limits on crappies. They, the musky guys won't fish for them during the heat of the summer because they know they'll stress fish out and possibly kill them. Walleyes have slot limits and that's improved the fisheries across this country in different places. Like, like nothing has because you're letting go of the spawners. You're letting them do their thing. Um, Tournaments are evolving to where they they weigh and release, and you don't bounce them around. And, and there's so many different things. The uh, fish donkey application of of doing tournaments where you measure them and put them back. So so a lot of credit goes to a lot of people. Red snapper uh, in the in the Gulf or wherever. You know, there's a lot of things that we're doing right. And that's because we have the knowledge from the fisheries uh, departments, from the biologists, and I think. People need to keep following this because that maybe is why it also seems that it's why fishing is so much better. Oh, I, I absolutely agree um, with everything you said. And I, I, would, I would also add, uh, you know, fish seem, at least, at least in my humbling experiences, fish seem to have a, some sort of built-in defense mechanism, too, as they get onto things. You know, uh, and a lot of people need to realize that you'll you'll go to a lake and there'll be a bait that'll just be red hot until everybody's thrown it for two years. Yeah. Then all of a sudden they mysteriously don't seem to be biting it as good. Now, is that because it doesn't look as good in the water anymore? I don't think so. It's because they've they've seen it go over their head or they've been stuck with it or they just did. So I, I think that that's a really, really good thing. It makes it harder for us as the pursuer, but there's, there's no question and as evidenced by having to downsize during pressure and on real pressured clear water lakes. And when you make those decisions, they can reward you. And I think it's easy to get set in our ways um, with history and what's caught them in the past. And we just want to go there and do it. And I think it segues right into the topic of this um, about technology making us better. I think those of us that grew up without it, 
to a large degree, those of us that grew up in the flasher age, we had success doing things way back and it can work twofold. Sometimes we can go back into that box and dig out that old, old style uh, bandit crankbait, the, the old original builds yeah. that were so good and catch them to this day. But there's a same conversation you can say sometimes you go to your old toolbox that works so well and it doesn't work. And so it's really cool to see how how we 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 definitely need to be aware of what technology is doing to fishing. And the biggest example right now is forward facing sonar. People that are using it and people that are good at good at, with it absolutely have an advantage. But a lot of people have it now, so now you have to be creative with even it to be to to sharpen your your edge even more. And that's what's so cool about this sport. It's a it's a journey, and you never get there. Yeah, yeah. And, and is that going to become something like um, the, my next tournament for uh, Major League Fishing is out on the Potomac, the Toyota Series, and most of the locals are turn their electronics off because they say the fish get spooked by it. Is that going to happen with forward facing? Are they going to be able to sense the fact that they're being watched? Is that going to happen at some point because everybody has it? Well, people are already saying that with bass. Yeah. Crappies, not so much. Uh, it seems like you can camp on them even to this day. Uh, but bass, I've, I've noticed it. I was just on the phone earlier today with a guy talking about this topic about forward facing, and I'm seeing, and with at least with my personal experience for smallmouth up north, I'm becoming more successful by tuning my equipment where I can see them way, way, way out. And if I can present that, I'm talking about 50, 60, 70 feet. And when I first got it in my boat, I could catch them at 15, 20. A lot easier than I can now. Now, maybe that's something I'm doing wrong. Certainly, most likely is. But there's a chance that they're getting pinged a little bit. Yeah. You know, and more people are doing it. And I, I think that all I know is if, if I try something and mess around with something that works, I'm not going to try to figure out the science behind it. I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> and that that's what seems to be happening to me more and more, especially in clear water smallmouth uh throwing to fish that i can see i'm having more success if i can see them sooner yep yep is and i guess the answer the is fishing getting better maybe and the individuals can make it better by taking more people with them sharing your knowledge and your passion with others and that's what i think you and i like to do we like to help pe make people better and i think we've done that uh through the we fish asa podcast and um Always enjoy talking with you, Dan, and look forward to uh, talking to you again next week. Hey, Dave, look forward to it. Thanks so much. Absolutely. That was Dan Johnston. I am Dave Kranz, and this segment was brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. For over 75 years here at St. Croix, we believe every angler deserves the best fishing experience possible in being equipped and prepared for the moment opportunity strikes. You can only provide control if you are in control. Our legacy is being written every day with decisions today determining our successes tomorrow. We value contributions and successes of all individuals, protecting and preserving the things that matter most, taking care of people like family, the Persistent Pursuit of Perfection, St. Croix. Daiwa, MagForce-Z, similar in design to our SV system. Reels with MagForce-Z excel when it comes to casting control while fishing bigger, heavier baits. 
Our standard reels have a fixed rotor on the spool, meaning the braking pressure is consistent across the entirety of the cast. MacForce Z incorporates a spool that has a dynamic rotor that can adjust out and back from the spool. This gives you maximum control and casting precision. Daiwa. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit keepamericafishing.org and pledge to pitch it. Welcome back to the Weepfish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. I always like to say everybody I get to interview for this segment has a passion for the outdoors. My next guest fished tournaments for many years, and now he is executive director of Cast for Kids. It's a foundation. It's a .org. Listen to what he has to say. Welcome back to the program, Jay Yellis. Yeah, great. Thanks for having me back. Oh, no problem. So we had you on when you, I think you became executive director. We talked a little bit about it. And I keep seeing, it seems like you have more activities going on all the time. Well, yes, we do. This is um, our best year yet as far as the number of events nationwide. We're right at about 100 cast for kids events around the country. And for those of your listeners that aren't familiar with our program, we you know we um, put on fishing events for special needs children, and that's you know that's our mission is to enrich the lives of children with special needs, support their families, and strengthen communities through the sport of fishing. And we're dependent on volunteers in local communities across the country to to work with us at the foundation to plan out these great fishing days for. The kid, these kids that need it most, you know, it's a really special day for them. And there, there aren't many events planned just for children with special needs. And so, um, the fishing is a great way to spend time with them. It's, um, we have a lot of boating events where volunteer boaters bring their boats and take the, the child and their, their parent or guardian, and sometimes their siblings out on the boat and go fishing. And then we have shore fishing events. We have all kinds of different venues around the country have some saltwater mo events mostly freshwater fishing and uh, the program's really been growing it's uh, it's a lot of fun this is, we're in our 32nd year as a nonprofit. we're a 501c3 nonprofit, um and so donations are you know tax deductible and and we're just all about you know celebrating kids with special needs and giving them the opportunity to enjoy this great sport of fishing that we, that we all take for granted. They, they don't get a chance to do it. So it's pretty special getting to watch kids catch their first fish uh, of their life. I mean, it's the smiles and the joy that it brings these kids. It just lights you up, and it, it's very rewarding for the volunteers. Yeah, and it, it can change the life of the participants, and it can change the life of the people helping them because it's so important, whether you're doing uh, kids with special needs or whether you're doing uh, veterans events, all these things are so important. And it's not only just the fishing, but the fact that you're out interacting with others that are enjoying na nature, that have a passion for it. Um, and, and we'll give this again, too, but is it castforkidsfoundation.org? Is that how they get a hold of the organization? Um, our website is 
www.castforkids.org. Okay. So it's C-A-S-T-F-O-R-K-I-D-S dot O-R-G. You can just Google it. It pops right up. Yes, yes. Yep. Foundation. So, uh, but yeah, we have events from coast to coast. We have, uh, like I mentioned, about 100 events around the country this year, and we're in about 35 different states. Uh, We have... More events in Texas than any anywhere else, um, but we have like you know an event map on our website. So if anybody would is interested in attending one of these events, uh, maybe they have a a child or a niece or a nephew that's uh, uh, developmentally disabled, or, or maybe they're cognitively disabled, or maybe it might be a physical disability. Mm-hmm. Hey, they're welcome come out all kids are welcome we don't um tell anybody no if they want to come out and enjoy a day of fishing we're glad to have them and then if there's volunteers that would like to come out and make a difference in the, the lives of these kids and share their expertise of fishing and um with these kids they can find an event on our website register online as a volunteer and and uh, and then you know, we get by on donations, so like any nonprofit does. And so, if anybody's out there is you know interested in donating, you can just do that through our website. All the information is there, and it's all secure. So, it's a lot of fun. We're, we are really growing, and you know, last year we had seventy nine events around the country, which was an all time high. And then this year we have about a hundred, and we rely on volunteers. So, if anybody listening would be Maybe you're, you might be interested in hosting a new event in your community. Well, that's that's what we do. We work with local volunteers to put on events to, to be a blessing to the kids in these local communities across the country. So if you're if you're interested in maybe talking about what it would take to host an event in your community, just get, get on our website and uh, contact or we have regional directors and around the you know have a western regional director a, a central regional director eastern regional director and but no matter what part of the country you're in we can we'll work with you to help help you plan out and execute a great event and we come you know the, we'll have staff people attend the event of course to make sure that it's a successful day with the kids yeah and it, but we're totally volunteer driven. You know, I think we have our, the foundation, we have like six uh, full-time employees and a couple part-timers. And we, we rely on, we can't put on a hundred events just with six of us. No. We rely on volunteers around the country that, that have a big heart for these kids. So if, you know, if that's you, get, get in touch with us and we would love to talk to you about uh, putting an event on in your community. Yeah, and what a great opportunity to volunteer for one, to see what it's all about, to get a feel for it. And and you guys have a phenomenal template that it, it could be made pretty easy for them, providing they have enough people to run it uh, with the participants. How about how about equipment? You take donations of, of tackle also? Well, yes and no. On the, we, we do provide each of, each child that, that participates in a Cast for Kids event with a free fishing pole and a tackle box. Um, but uh, we get folks want to donate tackle all the time, and it's it's if it's 
user friendly to a child, then we'll take it. But yeah. Kid, these, a lot of these disabled kids, they can't handle it. Like, for example, a bait casting no. reel. No way. So, no. But if you have spin, spin casters or little kids combos, yeah. then yes, for sure. That's something we can definitely give to the kids to and, and, and teach them how to use it so they can pick up fishing as a hobby. Absolutely, absolutely. And then since you have a lot of events that are down south in warmer climates, do you get to do these 12 months out of the year or do you have some downtime? We we don't have events like in December, um, but or really November much. But okay. it's pretty much like our first one in Florida was this, this year was in late January. And we had, you know, along the Gulf Coast, February, March, and then it goes... You know, as the as it warms up and the weather gets nice up north, we the events up there start more in May and June and and but yeah, it's pretty much turning into a, about ten months a year. We have events now, and of course, the busiest our busiest time is September and October, and and I guess that's because it's nationwide. You have the most stable weather in the fall. Of course, everybody in Florida. <laughs> doesn't think that with the forecast they got no. all the hurricanes that come through there in September but nation you know our Florida events are typically in the winter and spring when the weather and there's no threat of a hurricane so um, but yeah it's just all about you know trying to find a date when the weather's decent where the kids can get out and have a good time not be too hot or cold or get wet so um, it's all good it, it is all good. I got one other question for you. Do you miss fishing tournaments? I have I have done a lot. I retired from the Bassmaster Elite Series last year. Yeah. At the season after 35 years as a professional fisherman. And I'm a, I'll, I'll, I, I haven't missed the travel. I, the, it's an incredible um, lifestyle the grind of traveling around the country is i haven't missed that but i do miss my friend all my friends that are yeah. out there i don't see them near as often as i used to a lot of the other pros and um, some of the staff at bass and different people um i had a lot of friends that i made over the years i miss the people and of course we keep in touch texting and phone calls and stuff yeah, absolutely the same as being person but, but i'm still fishing a lot right. i love to fish <laughs> and I fish for fun. I just take other, take people fishing now. I take friends and kids and my my daughters and their friends and my nieces and just whoever wants to go. Uh, and that, I enjoy that. It's no pressure, and you just go out and have fun. That's 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 the best way to enjoy the sport of fishing. Absolutely, castforkids.org. Go there. You can find out how to donate, how to participate, and. Jay Yellis, I'm sure we'll get another update in the future from you. Uh, thanks for being on the program. We truly appreciate it. You bet. Anytime, and I wish you all the best, and look forward to hopefully seeing you down the road this, this next year. Sounds good, Jay. That was Jay Yellis, Executive Director of CastForKids.org. I am Dave Kranz, and this segment of the Wheatfish ASA podcast was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. We will be right back.
Calcutta Outdoors, from Bluegill to Bluefin, Calcutta Outdoors has the innovative outdoor recreational brands that consumers are looking for. We offer a wide range of trusted products, from fishing rods, combos, and tackle, to coolers, drinkware, outdoor apparel, and marine accessories. Calcutta Outdoors. Iowa. Our SV system is made with one thing in mind, casting control. The design of the spool as well as how the spool interacts with the braking system gives maximum control and ease of use when it comes to situations people might generally struggle with. Whether it's casting lightweight baits, skipping, pitching, casting into the wind, or even if you're just getting accustomed to a bait casting reel, SV is designed to help you excel. When set properly, SV reels virtually eliminate Backlashes, Daiwa. St. Croix, crafting the best rods on earth takes a team effort. Takes a lot of hands to produce a St. Croix fishing rod, 32 to be exact. Every rod we manufacture is carefully crafted, assembled, and tested by passionate professionals who want to ensure you have the best fishing experience possible. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. This podcast is presented to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. This week, my guest is Patrick Walters. Unbelievable performance last week. 105 pounds of smallmouth. I can't wait to hear about this. Welcome to the program, Patrick. Thank you for having me. Truly, it um, still, words can't describe it. It was unbelievable. It was an amazing week, and I still can't believe it was 105 pounds. It was, um, <laughs> you no. know, how far I was fishing, how tough it was to just catch a check, to be able to catch that much. It was it was an amazing week. No complaints. <laughs> no, uh, and somebody said 105 pounds. Said, yeah, that was four days. I said, let me put that into perspective for you. I said, 26 and a quarter pounds a day five and a quarter pounds average so if a competitor caught five pounders you were beating them by a pound and a quarter a day average every day for I four days even, i never thought about i never did the math i that makes it sound even crazier it is it is i mean five a, a guy getting five pounds average was gonna was gonna end up losing by you know uh six pounds to you or five pounds to you <laughs> That's insane. It is. It is. So, but but uh, St. Lawrence River is a phenomenal place. But if you're going out of Clayton, you got to go to that that lake if you if you can, don't you? If the weather permits, it's hard to compete in that river. It really is. That lake is just that good. If the fish are that big in there, it's truly phenomenal. It's a world class fishery. I mean, it's the best probably smallmouth fishery in the world hands down um and surprisingly the first day of the tournament we had a lot of high winds and i actually i got pretty lucky i caught my bag the first day in the river mm. um because i was trying to you know fish the conditions yeah um, and shooting to catch 20 pounds i thought if i could catch 20 pounds then it would give myself a chance to go to the lake the next day and catch 24 or 25 you know and make the cut be in contention you know and then hopefully day three catch them yeah but it truly was an amazing week where everything worked out i was you just made the right calls at the right time and ended up catching that 24 pounds that first day in the river. And I was, I was elated. I mean, it was, it surprised me. And that's really what set up the whole week to be what it was. Yeah. I, I think the lake, because of, uh, uh, it's cold up there and you can't fish it all year round. Plus the fact that 
it seems like you can only fish it two or three out of every uh, week, two or three days out of every week. So that's why they get big because I don't think they have the pressure. They, they really don't. Even with how it's such a destination place now that they're under ice for four or five months, you know, during wintertime, they can't get fished for. They have a fishing season, which I think is tremendous for up there because it keeps those fish healthy and not being fished for. And then during when you're allowed to fish for them, um, from June to October, like you said, there's only so many good weather days where you can even get out there. So they're only possibly getting fished for 30 to 60 days. It's uh, That's really what makes that fishery so well because they're hard to get to. It's Mother Nature protects that fishery. Yeah, and even all the tournaments that are there from Messina to the, to the lake, um, you can be in a 200-boat tournament and only see six or eight boats through a, a whole day there's so much water there and so many miles of water there, there's no way it can possibly all get fished no there's no way see that's the thing is when you find fish there you're always worried somebody's going to be on the spot and my main area i never saw a boat in three days of fishing there Nobody <laughs> that's what's that's what's so amazing is and everybody there was four uh, three other anglers that still got 100 pounds and, yeah you know it, they don't have to be in the same area. Different depths, different areas of the lake. It just shows you how many fish are in that in that body of water. Yeah, it is, it is scary how good it really is, and that's why, you know, these these uh, fishing organizations and even smaller clubs that are up in Upper New York and places like that. That's why they go there because it is phenomenal, and and I do appreciate the fact that when people get on stage and talk about it, and they they tell the people that they are there that live there take care of it because you got something really special they really do it's it's something that i think they know that they do take care of it and uh it's just a it's just a gift it really is it is an amazing gift it's it's the eighth wonder of the world and they have to take care of it because that way everybody for many generations can enjoy that fishery that's why as you know as the elite anglers we strive to leave that fishery better than we left it take care of our fish make sure they're ha- they're healthy you know, bring them back to weigh in, weigh them in, release them, put them back in the St. Lawrence River so they can get back to Lake Ontario and take care of them. You know, we're out there just because that's our livelihood is to take care of those fish as well. So because they take care of us. That way, when we go back next year, hopefully we'll catch 100 pounds again. I was watching one of the videos you were talking about the equipment you were using. Obviously, you said Daiwa reels, and um, I also use Daiwa reels. I saw a lot of them in my store and uh, uh, my retail store. But many times people want to go too small of a reel. And I, you, you're using 4,000 size reels. Most of the time, I'll use a three or a four. Explain uh, to the listeners why you do that. Um, I love big spinning reels um i grew up saltwater fishing and so i don't know if that's kind of where it stems from but i almost exclusively use 4000s i've had 14 spinning reels in my boat at st lawrence and only one of them was a 3000 um and i like 4000s it's a bigger reel um it balances the rod better in my opinion Mm -hmm. it holds more and so also you can cast further you get less line twist Uh, it's got a bigger handle on it that way you don't your hand doesn't slip off of it and I've got bigger hands. So it, it really helps. You can get your hand above that reel. You can winch those fish in. And I think the drag smoother, it just, the, the line just spins off of those reels. And to tell you the truth, those new dial with Tatula MQs, that is hands down the best reel spinner I've ever used. I've got a couple exist and surtaste and stuff. 
but I prefer the new Tattoo MQ over those. It's the drag is that smooth. I love the Tattoo LTs, but the new MQ one is. All you have to do is get your hands on one, and you you just see how smooth that drag is. And you, it's it is the deal for smallmouth fishing. It really is having good spinning gears. Just you know, you don't need a bunch of you don't need fourteen combos. You don't. But if you get one or two good quality setups, especially if you're going to be smallmouth fishing, it'll pay off in the long run. That way, you've got smooth drag because those big smallmouth they fight so hard they don't ever want to give up. So <laughs> you have that drag pretty tight to set the hook on those fish because they have such tough mouths. And then as soon as they come up and jump that first kind of time back that drag off and just play those fish that's why if you go watch any of the highlights videos all you hear is everybody who was catching because you just had to play those fish you had to have good drag and that's why first second third we're all using dial reels yep yeah it was a it was a, a good day for them uh not too many years ago it wasn't a spinning reel game for the bass fishing till we started doing a lot of these northern lakes that's true, but I, I mean, growing up saltwater fishing, I've always used spinning reels. You can catch a tarpon on it, biggest redfish you've ever caught. Yeah. You can catch bigger fish on a spinning reel than you can a bait caster. I love bait casters. Majority of the season, I do throw more bait casting gear because you can throw heavier baits. You can get more control, but I don't go anywhere without six or seven spinning reels in my boat because when in doubt, if you need to catch a fish or get a check, that spinning reel and spinning out there will get the job done. Yep, absolutely. Uh, cash a check. I, I looked at a stat, and I, I this might not be totally up to date, but times in the money, 67 out of 77 tournaments, that's 87%. Oh, my God, that's a phenomenal rate of getting a check in a tournament. I really appreciate it. I couldn't tell you what the actual number is. I don't keep up with it. I just, I always look at the next tournament and just try to keep catching them as much as you possibly can. But it's it's been a great career so far, truly has. That came off of Bassmaster's uh, website, so I, I would imagine it's, I'm not sure how up-to-date it is, but that that's still a phenomenon. It is definitely probably up-to-date, I just don't, I don't keep up with it. My wife probably could tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Somebody's got to take care of that stuff. And you know what? Many of the people on the tournament circuits, their wives are their business partner. They help them with everything they do and, and you know, help book hotels and everything else and make sure that you're where you're supposed to be. And that's that's uh, that's a good thing because that's very helpful, isn't it? It really is. you got to have, uh, you got to be able to work together and you got to have that support system. You know, if, your family and your spouse does don't support you and they're not behind you, then it's that much harder to catch them. But when everybody's working as a team, it it makes your job that much easier. All you got to do is you're worried about fishing. I'm not worried about anything else. I'm not stressed over anything. It's just, hey, all I'm thinking about is how am I going to catch next, my next fish? Yeah, and that that's a good thing. Patrick, I have to take a quick break for our sponsors, and then we'll come back. And I, I want to hear a little bit more about the other people that keep you on the water and uh, uh, appreciate this. Uh, this is the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz, and we'll be right back after these messages. For most anglers, the unexpected is expected. But what you can do is take matters into the seat of your... Well, shorts. Meet Aftco's Overboard Shorts, winner of the iCast Best in Category for Technical Clothing. Built with a 100% submersible pocket that keeps the unexpected dry docked for the other guy. Overboard keeps the good times rolling and your valuables safe for the next adventure. 
Overboard Shorts from AFTCO. Learn more at aftco.com slash overboard. For over 75 years here at St. Croix, we believe every angler deserves the best fishing experience possible in being equipped and prepared for the moment opportunity strikes. You can only provide control if you are in control. Our legacy is being written every day with decisions today determining our successes tomorrow. We value contributions and successes of all individuals, protecting and preserving the things that matter most, taking care of people like family, the persistent pursuit of perfection, St. Croix. Daiwa, MAG4Z, similar design to our SV system. Reels with MAG4Z excel when it comes to casting control while fishing bigger, heavier baits. Our standard reels have a fixed rotor on the spool, meaning the braking pressure is consistent across the entirety of the cast. MAC4C incorporates a spool that has a dynamic rotor that can adjust out and back from the spool. This gives you maximum control and casting precision. Daiwa. The We Fish ASA podcast is back with more Patrick Walters. I am Dave Kranz and... Patrick, we talked about Daiwa and how many uh, of the anglers were there. Who else keeps you on the water? Who, who's uh, your sponsors? Uh, the, some of the biggest ones, truly Daiwa, Rapala, uh, Rapala and BMC, but Falcon Bass Boats and Yamaha Outboards. You know, we just fished two great big bodies of water up north in New York, Lake Champlain and St. Lawrence River. And I made both cuts. It was a great two weeks of fishing. And that big water is, it's, it's hard on your equipment and for the equipment to perform, get to my fish, be able to fish efficiently and be able to make it back home. That's the biggest advantage. And also Redfin sunglasses. It's a new sunglass company. Truly. I think some of the best sunglasses on the market, Zeiss lenses, um, Phantom outdoors, local apparel company, Omnia tackle, um, without them, that's where would you buy your tackle at? It's a great place to go and buy tackle. I, I love tackle. I actually have a tackle addiction, probably. My wife, it's <laughs> probably worse than her shoe addiction. So uh, that's what I do in my, my spare time is buy more tackle from Omnia. But uh, those are some of the great sponsors that help keep me going. Um, Impulse Lithium Batteries. I uh, switched to Impulse Lithium this year, running 336s in parallel. And you can go all day long with your trolling motor on 10, going against the current, and you still get off the water at the end of the day, and you've got juice left. And that's the biggest thing is being able to cover as much water, stay on the water, be efficient, and it allows you just to focus on the fish. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That's a good thing. Uh, drop shot, it sounded like you were doing quite a bit of that. Was there any other technique that was involved, or was it mostly drop shot? How did you catch these big smallmouth? I caught 100% of my fish in the tournament on the drop shot. Um, in practice, I was catching them on an Ed rig. They were really biting it really good, and they wouldn't touch a drop shot. But in the tournament, they, for some reason, were exclusively on the drop shot. And that's the best smallmouth rig, hands down, to catch bass because you're efficient with it. It gets to the bottom quickly. You can cover a lot of water. And when you hook those fish, it's a really high landing percentage because they don't have any weight in the mouth. You know, they don't have a Ned rig or a jig head. They have a hard time throwing it. So as long as you just take your time, you land majority of those fish. Um, I was throwing two different drop shots. I was nose hooking and also threading my bait. Bait profile really didn't matter. I threw minnow style, swim baits, worms. Um, it was really just kind of varying the color with the conditions. You know, if it was sunny, I would throw more green pumpkin and black. And when it was cloudy, I'd throw more natural patterns like natural shad and white. And just covered as much water 
and finding the aggressive schools of smallmouth that were ready to bite. You know, if you weren't catching them, you just weren't around the right ones. So pick the trolling motor up, go to the next spot, and just keeping that drop shot in my hand and making as many casts to fish that I possibly could. And that was really the key to my success at the St. Lawrence River. Yeah, very rarely do you find one smallmouth by itself. Uh, you know, maybe if you got a big boulder or something, you might have one there. But most of the time, uh, you've they've got buddies with them. Absolutely. They've always got buddies. Smallmouth are definitely pack feeders. So if you're just catching three-pounders, it's time to go find that bigger pack. you got to go find the bullies. you got to go find the ones that are going to be picking on those. So that's the thing. It's just finding the big smallmouth and covering as much water as you can to find them big ones. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, any any uh was there an announcement yet about where you guys are fishing next year or has that not come out yet it has not come out yet they have not released the schedule for 2024 um it's probably going to be two to four weeks i'm saying kind of after the season that's what i'm thinking so it gives us the time to kind of get home relax um clean all our equipment up um put some of your gear away start focusing on the hunting and as soon as when you kind of get prime hunting time it's when they release the schedule and that's when things the gears start turning again and we start getting prepared for 2024 <laughs> there you go uh how about the classic are you excited about that i am really excited about the classic i'm excited to go to a new fisher i've never been to and i love fishing new bodies of water that's what i think is bass fishing makes us so good it's just seeing a new body of water breaking down a new body of water and it's the bass master classic it's the biggest tournament in bass fishing and i'm excited about that one i like oklahoma um that time of year is going to be good. It's going to be some big bags. Hopefully, we can go out there and find us some. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, I think from you know being able to fish so many different types of areas on a big body of water like that, I'm sure different different parts of it will be at different stages, and you got to figure out what they're doing at that time. Is there somewhere next year on that schedule that you don't want to see show up, or you don't care? Sure. I said, is there somewhere that you don't want to see show up on that schedule? I mean, a, a lake or you're good wherever you go? Oh, no, I'm optimistic. I like everybody at water we go to, whether it's a small fish fishery or a big fish fishery. Um, somebody's always going to walk away from that tournament a winner, and the goal is just to catch them as best as you can at every fishery. I'm, I don't get choosy because you can't pick your, we can't pick the schedule, so I don't even let that bother me. Uh, when the schedule comes out, it's that's what the schedule is. I don't or complain it's like hey just buckle your chin strap and get ready because somebody's gonna catch them yeah any preference on brown or green i mean it's hard to say after you just have a 105 pound bag but did or you don't care that in that respect I, I love a good mixture I, I large mouth is large mouth bass fishing is the reason we all get into bass fishing usually it's that's why we got started that's the fish i've caught majority of my life but i have formed a true passion for catching smallmouth in the last couple of years. I love it. So I love having a couple good largemouth tournaments and then a true two or three smallmouth tournaments to end the year. And it's just, it gives you something to look forward to. It's kind of like the dessert, you know, a little bit of brown sugar at the end of the year never hurts. <laughs> now a place like Lake Champlain, you'll see guys go out and they'll, they'll catch, uh, maybe they'll get a limit of smallmouth and then they go hunting for a big green one because there's some big ones. Is That's kind of fun too, catching both in the same tournament, isn't it? It really is, you know, and that's the thing is there are certain bodies of water where they play big time, where you can go a Champlain and go catch a five or six pound largemouth, and that's where it, your your strategy kind of changes a little bit. So it's, each fishery is different. You have to attack. You, ha, you can't go with the same mindset at each body of water, and that's why we fish. It's just to 
you've got to put the strategy together. It's a game of chess. It's not checkers. And so it's to figure out how to catch them the best out of everybody that week depends on what you're going to catch. And whether it's brown or green, it's hard to beat either one of them. Absolutely. On the Bassmaster uh, Opens, you're seeing a lot of younger and younger anglers come up, whether they're high school or college kids, and they're coming up and they're using these electronics and they're learning everything. They get to watch you guys fish, how to do it, where to do it. Uh, it it's going to be really tough the next uh, 10 years to not have everybody at the top of their game. 100%. And that's what's good, though. It's advancement technology, advancement in the the skills of the anglers, it makes the whole field better as a whole. Because if you don't grow with the sport, you're going to get left behind. So you have to continue strengthen your game in all facets of it. And so just continue to be the best angler that you could possibly be. And competition drives success. That's what makes you better. So the better the field is, the better the results are going to be. Absolutely. You mentioned the hunting end of things. Do you have a, Do you like turkey hunting or deer hunting better or both? I like deer hunting better. I love turkey hunting. Um, it is a passion of mine, but it's always in the springtime. So I usually get me one or two turkeys a year, and that's about it. But deer hunting is, it's kind of, it's your refresher. It's to kind of clear your mind. You get to sit in the stand, and you, it's still like fishing, um, especially when you hunt in public land and stuff like that. You're hunting a big buck. You're It's like just hunting a big bass. Um, you're trying to find the bed and area. You're hunting the wind. You're hunting the conditions. Um, and so that's what I like about it. And when you're in that stand, it's your mind is right there. It's that's why everybody deer hunts, and that's why people bass fish. It's it's fun, it's enjoyable, and we all love the hunt. Yeah, and the things you get to see on both those ends, up on the St. Lawrence River, there the the ospreys and eagles, and I can't believe how many mink you see running on the rocks on those banks. It's it's just for wildlife alone. It's a phenomenal place, also. It really is. It's Mother Nature at its prime. I mean, the amount of ducks that were up there, it, it, like, it was cold there. I mean, a couple mornings it was in the 50s there, and the ducks were getting fired up. Mother Nature was moving, and it was, it kind of felt like fall was in the air. Um, it just gets you primed up. It's, it was, it was a great wrap up to the 2023 season, kind of the last Elite Series event. It, man, it just, it makes you speechless. Yeah, absolutely, and it's hard to believe that that uh, that whole season has gone by, and it was also phenomenal to see. There was four total anglers, including yourself, that had hundred pound bags. Correct? Absolutely, yes, sir. That is that is crazy. If anybody's uh, listening and has never gone there, plan a trip, take a guy, do whatever you got to do, but get there. And I think Patrick would agree. Absolutely. Best smallmouth fishery in the world, hands down. One of the best fisheries. The largemouth fishing is even great there. But yes, when four anglers top 100 pounds in four days of fishing, that's a testament to how amazing that fishery is. Excellent. Patrick, we thank you for your time. Glad that uh, I got to watch you catch those fish and and see how you did it. And uh, it was fun. And I'm sure it won't be the last time that you're on this program. I'm sure you're going to hold up another big blue trophy, and maybe you'll hold up that trophy at the Bassmaster Classic. Who knows? But uh, thanks for being on. Absolutely. Dave. that's the plan. I look forward to it. Hopefully we'll be talking again very soon. And Dave, thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. That was Patrick Walters. I am Dave Kranz. This is the Weep Fish ASA podcast. 
Thanks to my guests for another great episode of the Weedfish ASA podcast. And thanks to my sponsors, Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. And Daiwa, they've got your bass covered. I'd like to again thank Dan Johnston. Great segment talking about if fishing is getting better. Thank you, Dan, as always. Jay Yellis, Executive Director of Cast for Kids. Always good to get caught up with you, Jay. And Patrick Walters, 105 pounds, a smallmouth in four days. If you haven't gone to the St. Lawrence River, you need to go there and fish. I'm looking forward to bringing you another segment of the We Fish ASA podcast next week. Until then, please take someone fishing to help grow our sport. professional angler Kevin Van Dam and people always ask me what's the best and easiest way to catch fish well that's simple keep our waterways clean and free of litter you know tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move pitch them in the trash do your part and join me visit keepamericafishing.org and pledge to pitch it